Chapter 10 of The Adventures of Dealey Dan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sahil Dalal from India. The Adventures of Dealey Dan by Edwin P. Norwood. Chapter 10 In which the pretty lady tells of mysteries and spangles. Well, said Tiger. As he folded his paws in a most complacent manner, I'm ready. We also, declared Elephant, speaking for his entire family, who, having formed a line, were just at the, that moment swaying backward and forward quite as if they were about to glide into the graceful maze of a waltz. So are all of us, commented Lion, as he surveyed the great group from his station before it. I wonder what can be keeping the pretty lady. Perhaps the white white horse is delayed by the clouds, suggested Elephant, as he paused long enough to push back the wall near the caves of the tent and peer into the dusk. I can make the out whole, whole crowds of them along the streets of the sky. They have been there all afternoon. It's always that way on market days. Even the sun can scarcely find its way. How long do you suppose it has been since half-past twilight began? asked Emu of Diggledy Dan. Well, well, said the clown as he drew the petal watch from the innermost depths of his round funny hat. Now that's what I call a question. Let me see, mused he, set setting his head on one side, pursing his very red lips, and half shutting his two twinkling eyes. I should say... Though, mind you, I do not pretend to be exactly correct. I should say it has been not less than five hippo yawns, nor yet more than two catnaps. Oh, surely it must be longer than that, protested Monkey. It seems an age to me. I never saw such a watch anyway. Now, if it had behaved for but a minute more than uh, last evening, we should have... We should all have known the secret of the story Time Rock. Monkey, monkey, sighed Lion. I am afraid that you are of that queer set of folks who are ever looking for a clock that will travel both ways at, at one time. Both ways at one time, exclaimed Monkey. Why, who ever spoke of any such thing? I surely did not. For, of course, no such clock could possibly be. No, it could not, answered Lion. Yet, I repeat, that is what you would like. For in one breath, you find fault with the petal watch because it moved too swiftly last night. And in the next, you complain because it travels too, so slowly today. Exactly, chimed Dan. Well, I never stopped to think of it in just that way, admitted Monkey, as he scratched his head. And besides... Besides, broke in the keen-eared hyena, here comes the one for whom we're all waiting. Sure enough, there resounded the patter of oncoming hoofs, and the next moment, into the Menagri tent, galloped the white white horse, carrying the pretty lady with the blue blue eyes. Her pink, cheek, pink cheeks made the pinker by the speed of the ride, and her curls blown straight back with the rush of the wind, she drew up in the front of the group. 
It was the clouds, she explained. There was simply no end of them out stopping, shopping today. And then any number waited to see the sun go down. Of course, all had, had to have spangles. And some of the baby clouds wanted two helpings. That all took time, but here I am at last. See, the spangle bag is almost as flat as elephant elephant's ear. Where will you get enough spangles to fill it again? Asked Camel. I'll be glad to tell you, but for the present, one thing at a time. Remember, we have not yet solved the mystery of the story time rock. Unless, she hastened to add, unless you have guessed the riddle of the voice that was stilled. Not one of us has, answered Lion, though we are all convinced that Vargu was pretty much at the bottom of the whole strange affair. He was, sure enough, assented the lady, and this was the way of it. Quite some time before, he had made friends with Softfoot Vargu, had discovered an all but hidden cave with an entrance from the top of the cliff, he had explored it with it repeatedly, and so knew its outer wall was almost worn through the face of the rock. Now, as you may have guessed, it was the nimble Tubu Tan who had passed through the tops of the trees, sending out the strange cry that called all the animals together. Meanwhile, Vargu had taught Softfoot a wonderful story. Finally, there came the night when all the animals were gathered at the foot of the cliff. And then, taking a stone, Vargu pounded, pounded a hole through the wall of the cave to the other side of the rock. Next, Softfoot spoke to those on the great plain below, and then he told them the story. Of course, since he was telling it from the hollow depths of the cave, his voice sounded ever so big, and so there was really no mystery at all. Having gained his point, and that of bringing all the animals together, Vargu gave his time to the meetings that were held on the plain. As the years passed, Tubu Tan succeeded his father and became the favorite among all those who had told tales at the story time rock. And finally, he came to be a leader among them and is this very day. Shall we ever see him? asked Digaldi Dan. I'm sure I don't know. Sometime, perhaps. And now, one and all, a merry good night, for I must hurry away, thread my spangled needles, and set them in place. Spangled needles? repeated Puma. Pray, what are they? Why, what else but needles that catch the spangles? laughed the pretty lady, which reminds me that I was to tell you about them. Here, Diggledy Dan, take your place at, as the head of my white, white horse, while I explain just how spangles are made. You see, she went on, uh, as Dan skipped to obey, spangles are really nothing more than dewdrops squeezed out very flat. As for a supply, there's no end. But to catch them, it's a trick requiring no little knack. Now it has been my happy task to gather spangles for the clouds and for all the glittering hosts of our own spangle land forever and ever so long. And this is the best way of all. First, I take a great armful of needles, medium-sized moonbeams give the finest results, and thread them with cobwebs. Next, I plant them along the sides of my house directly under the edge of the eaves, 
with their heads in the ground and their sharp little noses straight up in the air. Now, during the night, the dewdrops come to play on the roof and many jump off to the garden below. And as they do, they land on the points of the moonbeams. Now, down they come, never minding in the least, for if there is one thing that a dewdrop would rather be than a dewdrop, it's a spangle. On and on they come, piling one on the other, becoming very flat, very shiny, and very round, and then sliding onto the treads. So when warning comes, I take the spangle bag, snip, snip the knots, and let the spangle stumble and tinkle into its depths. And so I always have enough to sprinkle the sunset wherever I pass. Why, that must be the way the rain gets into the clouds, cried Diggly Dan. It's one of the ways, smiled the lady. And the reason why spangles always have a wee hole in the middle, remarked Seal. How wonderfully fortunate, added Zebra. Otherwise they couldn't be sued. I don't see why you say that, said Kangaroo. Say what? Why, that they have to have holes to be sewed. But they do. Can't see it, persisted Kangaroo. Why, how could one make them stay on? Just sew them, of course, answered Kangaroo. Toss them on. Now, don't be silly, Kangaroo, said Zebra. You... Hold on a moment, interrupted Lion. I think I see the point. Let me ask you, Kangaroo. On what are you thinking of sewing the spangles? Why, I mean, like when the pretty lady sews them on the cloud banks when she rides past, replied Kangaroo. And you, Zebra? asked Lion. Camel's plush robe and costumes and things, said Zebra. Oh, you mean... S-E-W-E-D, cried Kangaroo. Oh, you mean S-O-W-E-D, apologized Zebra. And amid the laughter that followed, Dan assisted the pretty lady to the back of the white, white horse. You'll come again someday, asked Lion, as the golden-haired one waved them a smiling farewell. Someday, she replied, and giving full rein to her steed, she galloped down the length of the net. As the white, white horse nosed his way to the wall, the animals caught a glimpse of the first dartling beams of a far, dis far distant star. The pretty lady seemed to regard the beams for a moment, as if trying to make up her mind whether they would, be, they would quite do for spangled needles. Then the wall closed again, and the lady, the white, white horse, and the star passed from view while all of, all of the animals hurried back to their places, still discussing the spangles that were made from the dew. End of chapter 10. Recording by Sahil Dalal from India.